Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I remember one day just having an argument with my ex-wife and having a 45 caliber gun and for a brief second contemplating should I really just blow my fucking brains out here after dealing with this is it really worth it or should I go sit in silence week after week that became my solace I got rid of the gun and the meditation became the practice Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect Podcast with me, your host, Poppy Jamie, recovering perfectionist and founder of mental wellness app, Happy Not Perfect. This show is about hitting pause while we explore the mind, soul, science, real life experiences and that confusing thing called happiness. Life throws curveballs and I believe the greatest healing comes from honest conversation. I'll be interviewing thought leaders, change agents, scientists and mystics for their insights and perspectives. I hope you'll join me on the journey. On today's show, I'm interviewing Hakim, who is one of the most special men I think I've ever met. Um, He was born in England. He moved to America. He then started in the music industry in New York, moved to Austin, Texas and changed his life forever. Now a Buddhist, Tai Chi master, meditation teacher, vegan, and spiritual leader. It is beyond an honor to have him on the show today. Wow, that is such a... (laughs) I was like, is she talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I am honored and humbled to be here, truly. So we start every interview off with three questions. Um, Question one, what is your favorite quote at the moment? Oh, you know, I've got a lot of quotes. Um, Can I kind of run to my phone real quick and pull one up? Because one of my favorite ones is by a monk by the name of Arjun Chah. I look to him as a source of inspiration. And this is just such a beautiful quote because it resonates to me when I think that I need to go really hard on the paint or maybe I'm just dragging my heels too much am I doing things for the right reason it always comes back to this and this perspective and uh, I love it so much so I'll read it out even though some of you may experience peace when you sit in meditation don't be in a hurry to congratulate yourself Likewise, if there is some confusion, don't blame yourselves. If things seem to be good, don't delight in them. And if you're not good, don't be adverse to them. Just look at it all. Look at what you have. Just look. Don't bother judging. If it's good, don't hold fast to it. If it's bad, don't cling to it. Good and bad can both bite, so don't hold fast to them. Chills. 
So that's one of my favorite quotes right now. And as I said, it, it just brings things back to perspective to me. Going through the life that I've gone through, going through the trials and tribulations that I've gone through, it's all about balance. It's all about that middle path, that homeostasis, and bringing things into an order where it's not just the extremities and the extreme in one area and the lack and the lackadaisical aspect of one area. There has to be a bridge. There has to be an order of balance. It's the science of the universe. If what makes the universe ticks is balance. It's the yin-yang symbol. It's everything that we see. You cannot have light without dark. You cannot have hot without cold. One extreme to another is going to cause upheaval. So, you know, without sounded long-winded, that's, you know, the standpoint where I come from at this moment in time. Good and bad both bite like that really mm. resonated thank you for sharing that what's the most profound or just light life lesson you've been reminded of recently you know a long time ago i remember a very good friend of mine a very very wise soul said to me you don't have to be a martyr for everyone else you have to save yourself be a martyr to yourself first if you ever find that you have mastered the key of saving self, then you can go out and try to save others, but you have to save yourself. And so to bring that back in full circle, there was a time when I was trying to be that that guy to try and save everyone, to try and help everyone I can and try to put as much help and, and try to be that good guy and try to do the right thing there are ways of doing the right things and there are ways of being a good person without exacerbating and exhausting yourself at the same time that is something i think we all needed to hear today it definitely like gave me gave me a thump mm. how do you define happiness happiness is when you can combine some of my favorite things like love compassion equanimity determination a sense of focus and a sense of harmonious balance. If you can bring all of those facets together and learn how to work and cultivate the mind without the mind dictating you, I think that is some of the, the real great facets of happiness. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And what has enabled you to get one step closer to that? Just taking the time, breathing, and really looking forward 
and being present, you can make decisions that can alter your life for the better and not for the worse. So going back to your story, because when you say what you've gone through, you really don't say that lightly. Would you mind sharing why you moved from London and Mm. what took you to that moment when you became a Buddhist vegan? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, honestly, you'll see a photograph, like, not your average. (laughs) So I grew up around so many different elements. And then as I got older and I got drawn to the streets and that street culture and going to a blues party at three o'clock, four o'clock at night and running with brethren who were selling ecstasy and and 15, 16 years old, right? You know, having teachers telling me that I wasn't, being a very brainy boy, going into this culture, being an altar boy from, you know, Church of England, carrying candles, being an altar boy, then flipping the script, come 15, leaving my house at the age of 16, squatting for like a year and a half. And then one day, I remember my cousin coming over to the place that I was squatting, just utterly disgusted. And she took me home and she was like, you need to go see your parents. And I was like, okay. And I, I hated my parents at the time. We had a, we just didn't get on. And I go back to my house. Uh, this is probably in 1990. And I remember I go back for Sunday dinner and um, my parents put out the green card and they say, your green card is here. Do you want to go to America? Oh my God. So at that time, I just had some brethren who were locked up. Um, had a really good friend of mine who just hung himself in jail. Like just the whole, whole bunch of stuff. Friends of mine were just not doing well. So I moved to New York. I lived in Flatbush. Lived with some aunts and uncles in this brownstone. And I stayed there about a year. And at that time, it was in the height of the crack era. So, you know, at that time, it was really, really rough in New York. And it was like gangs upon gangs. It was like Jamaican crews, New York drug dealers, like on the corner right down the street from where my aunt lived was a Jamaican posse that used to run that area. And I would literally have to go certain parts of the day or night just to get food in that area because it was run by crack dealers. So coming from Ipswich to London to seeing my fair share of roughness, but to see a different side of roughness over here was like... So then I moved to Austin because I was like, I can't live in New York. And I was on tap to go to either Pratt Institute or FIT to continue doing art. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not staying here. So I had some cousins who I was really close with in Austin. Ended up moving to Austin. Yeah, that was where I became a man, so to speak. And that's a whole nother tale of getting into hip hop and being one of the architects of the Austin hip hop scene and and helping curate South by Southwest into kind of what it is now. We were like the, we were the godfathers of hip hop at that time. So, 
you know, it was at a time when no one really wanted to touch hip hop and no one really wanted to touch that type of genre of music. So then from there, I was living this lifestyle, especially bringing all these groups, you know, Gravediggers, Wu-Tang, Exhibit, Erica Badu, uh, bringing all these major hip hop groups into Austin. You know, I was running with these guys who were promoters who were, you know, they weren't D-boys or dope boys, but they were, they were heavy peddlers of some heavy drugs and they were the front men and they fronted the money and I would bring groups in and, you know, I was driving around in Pathfinders and drinking Moet and smoking big blunts and <laughs> like, this is 94, 95. And then it caught up and I got really sick and I was very overweight and it all caught up. Wow. I would say I had irritable bowel syndrome, mm -hmm. um, major gut situation, diatificulitis. I was bleeding out of every orifice out of the body. You name it, it was happening to me. My body was breaking down. I was really zitty, you know, yeah. it was really just... Were you anxious? What was your mental health like? My mental health was all over the place. Yeah. My mental health was all over the place because I was that dude. I was, you know, I had to be in this club. I had to be in this certain clothes. I was very angry. You know, I had this chip on my shoulder for whatever reason. I look back and I don't even know why I was angry, but I was angry. Mm. And I was trying to be something that I wasn't. And then uh, I got sick. And I remember being at UPS and I worked with this guy named Etienne. And he was like this mystical Rastafarian who was super healthy. He was vegan before I even knew what vegan was. This is the 90s. This wasn't, you know, just like two years ago. This was yeah. the 90s when no one knew what veganism yeah. was. He did yoga. He did martial arts. He did Angolan capoeira. And I remember talking to him one day and he was like, Huck, look at your belly, man. You have got to do something with yourself. And he was so wise and so beyond his years. And one day it was like a gift from the heavens, this free copy of this paper that is in, in Austin called Austin Chronicle pops up. And I look at the back and it's a free acupuncture session. I don't know anything about acupuncture and I'm like, all right, let me give it a shot. And just to preface this a little bit before, I just tore my meniscus like a few months before I had just discovered Kung Fu from going to this Chinese restaurant. And I had discovered Kung Fu. My teacher at the time had lived on the other street that I had lived. So it was all in their neighborhood. So I had just started studying Kung Fu. I started studying about Buddhism and Taoism and yoga and all of this stuff and then lo and behold I get a free acupuncture session with a Buddhist monk oh my god he breaks down what western doctors couldn't break down within five minutes he basically told me at the age of 21 that if I didn't change my life and my ways within seven or eight years I was no longer going to be on this earth and wow. I was like okay I left that session and became vegetarian slash vegan. That was a journey. I, I remember looking at this mandala on this on this bed and having these 
needles in my eyes and my temple and my ankle and thinking to myself it's the first time I ever done acupuncture people thought I was crazy and I was it was like that aha moment it was like this light had come and that was it that was the beginning of everything yeah what were the changes like from such a dramatic shift and I know like, yeah. it, like gradually it was happening but like what did you notice like the first changes was and then the second changes and suddenly you were like I didn't even know I could change that much the first one was eating meat being a carnivorous meat eater for so many years like I ate bacon burgers like I remember getting my tonsils out and the first thing I came back to when I after like a day or two coming out of the hospital and my mum and dad brought me back home my mum said what do you want to eat I was like burgers and bacon <laughs> not ice cream not burgers and bacon right so meat that was the first major shift and then the major shift after that was my health mm. so I was lighter I went from being 260 to 150 wow I had lost hay, I fe hay fever no sinus issues <laughs> happened wow. I went from being sick every two to three months to not being sick for a year or two wow I went from not being able to run maybe quarter of a mile to running two miles freely I went from having the worst quality skin, condition of skin, to having clear skin. My drive, my energy was like through the roof. Just giving up meat. Yeah, giving up meat. So then that changed my mind and my psyche. Wow. Like I can do anything. I can. So then I been a hermit for a year because no one saw me I went from being bald headed and having a goatee and being 260 to coming back out into the outside world with dreadlocks a big old beard and losing 100 pounds I remember friends of mine saying are you on crack <laughs> and then on, on top of that my attitude had changed wow you know, because I was a bouncer. Yeah. So I was quick to get into a fight. I was quick to yeah. beat people up, yada, yada. And here I am now, like, I don't want to be in any situations or any confrontations or anything like that. So you were studying Buddhism and... Um, Taoism. Taoism. Mm -hmm. Like, what were your first learnings from studying that? You were like, wow. So later on down the road in Orlando... Um, I came initiated in many of the Taoist practices for a householder or a layman. So these people basically brought me into this fold and that was when I really got immersed into Taoism. And I would say for a good, strong 10, 11 years, I was doing Tai Chi from anywhere from one to four hours a day and studying Taoism like innately. And what, for example, the Tai Chi, like, what is the benefits of doing that for an hour to four hours a day? Like, what oh was God, it getting? Oh, God, I mean, there's so many different benefits. And, I mean, at the time, um, the reason why I got into Tai Chi was because I could no longer do the heavy, physical, fast movements of Kung Fu. Mm. But what Tai Chi, I was able to do that and then more and get my energy and resistance back Tai Chi is a martial art that was used by the Taoist monks and was used and taught to the armies and the battalions at the time of the Tang Dynasty, the Wu Dynasty, all these great dynasties of the Chinese Empire as protection. So 
it's a martial art. It is a killing art. Um, so with that being said, it was known as the old man's art. It was known as the thinking man's art. Tai Chi basically equates to being known as the supreme ultimate, the grand ultimate. It is one of the most powerful martial arts ever. And it is designed not only to protect you, but to spiritually protect you and to spiritually and physically hold your body in a space where you can live for a very long time. How do you feel it's protected you? Immensely. I haven't been in a fight or an altercation in probably 20-something years. Wow. It's my protection. It's my spirit. I can walk into an area and be in a situation and be able to calm that situation or diffuse that situation. Because you've understood how to control exactly. energy and move energy exactly. to your advantage. It's one of the great facets of being a martial artist. Not having to fight. Yeah. Not having to fight, not having to use it. But every week I'm teaching people how to protect themselves on how to use that energy. Interesting. And also, is that kind of when someone tries to even provoke you, maybe not physically, but, you know, emotionally? Yes. Is that, does that also kind of come into play then? Very much so. And that's what I love about Buddhism. It is my mental armor. Mm. So I'm going to spring forward a little bit about how Buddhism came into play because they both are very synonymous, Taoism and Buddhism, but Buddhism for me came into play, you know, having being married, having kids, going through a crazy divorce, going through major, major trials and tribulations, um, hit rock bottom. I can't tell you the levels of depression and mental anguish that I went through. I remember one day just having an argument with my ex-wife and having a 45 caliber gun and for a brief second contemplating, should I really just blow my fucking brains out here after dealing with this? Is it really worth it? Or should I go sit in silence for an hour? So with that being said, I went and sat in silence for an hour. And week after week, that became my solace. And then the weeks would turn into days where it become my practice. I got rid of the gun and the meditation became the practice. The meditation became my life. The power of mindfulness became my life. The power of being Zen became my life. When you've been living as a couple with somebody and being a householder to being reduced to living, looking in your pocket and having maybe 15 bucks tops. Mm -hmm. I remember weeks having five bucks that I had to stretch for a week. Five dollars or, you know, three quid to, to last you a week and then you had to feed your, your kids at the end of the week. But then coming into Buddhism and then having that, obviously 
being quiet for an hour is not going to solve you making money. Yeah. But it's going to give you time to compartmentalize and figure shit out. And then from there, Buddhism and running came in. And then I ran. And that's how the running component came in. Mm. So then having the mindfulness or the meditation practice, having the running became my solace. And once I really started getting into the Heart Sutra, really being mindful of what Dharma really is, suffering. How do you cope with suffering? Learning how to understand it. And then once you do understand suffering, that's where true dharma comes because now you're like ah now i get it now i understand why i was suffering i needed that in order for me to be where i'm at today and to be able to tell the stories that i'm able to tell because i needed that i needed that darkness i needed to be rock bottom in order to be where i'm at i needed to cry a thousand nights I needed to cry in my own tears. I needed my kids to see me cry and tell them that I didn't know what the fuck to do. I didn't know how to be the father that I could be. I needed all those elements. I needed all those elements of my wife, my ex-wife telling me, you fucked up. And this is why I no longer wanted to be with you. I needed those moments where I was in the car park and thinking to myself, can I fucking make it? Can I really make it in this world? I needed those times when I saw my parents and I told them, I don't know if I can make it. Screaming on the top of their heads, wailing on the top of their heads, we didn't raise you like this. Why are you doing this to yourself? I needed those moments. And then of course, meeting this woman that like changed my whole being, basically saying, I will help you if you give me a chance. But that takes a lot of vulnerability to give someone a chance after you've done and been through that. Yeah, and you know, it's it's great now because vulnerability is a cool word now. <laughs> yeah. But I was wrapping myself around vulnerability when it wasn't. Yeah. Um, for me, being a POC, a person of color, I really believe we are not taught vulnerability. I was never taught vulnerability as a kid. Mm. I was never taught vulnerability from two old Jamaican people. Mm. They didn't teach me vulnerability. I had to learn that on the street. I had to learn that the hard way. Mm. But I will tell you, I use it as a weapon. I use it as a, I use it just like I use my voice and I use my stick and I use my sword and I use my spear, I use my, I use the term vulnerability, uh, not lightly, I use it very heavily. Mm. Because as, as a man and as a POC, we need to explore that so much more. And not just the cool passe, oh, cool, I think women need to hear it, so I'm gonna use it a thousand times. I truly mean it in all essence of the word vulnerability is so powerful because it gives you a chance to open yourself up freely mm. without any expectations without any rewards and it is almost like that unsheathing 
the unveiling. When you are able to let loose and able to share past experiences and not be afraid, but yeah. to use it as a teaching experience and a learning experience, that is the true key. That is the true quality of vulnerability. It's also a form of bonding. There are dozens of um, men that are dying to tell their story of going through what they've gone through, having been low and having to rebuild himself and recreate himself and having a respect for women, having a respect for life, having a respect for uh, spirituality, um, having a respect for the divine masculinity and being able to shed that pride and ego and say, I want to deal with you on a level where we can see eye to eye, spirit to spirit. That is vulnerability. That is the key to unlocking toxic masculinity and coming into a space of divine masculinity. Divine masculinity. I saw you write it and I just sat there looking at it going, no one has, I've never seen anyone write this before. <laughs> You're right. Why aren't we focusing on divine masculinity? Why do you think toxic masculinity has become so widely experienced? And what do you think we've got to do to move to a place where we all accept divine masculinity and men it, give themselves permission to experience it? Well, it doesn't help that we have the king of toxic masculinity running. Mm. I mean, I don't talk about politics I'm, I'm not trying to talk about politics but the, the, the problem is or the problem is is when you have certain people in certain powerful positions that display it in our faces it breeds it and it's breeding it right now we're in the midst of far-right fascist that whole neo-nazi right-winged conservative thought space is breeding at a high high level right now and um it's because of who we have in power so what we need to do is those who men and women is um be on for you know podiums like this mm -hmm. mediums like this like this is such a powerful medium you know it's going to take a collective movement to bring notions to the fact that toxic masculinity is the wackest thing on this fucking earth right now and it is killing our species at a rapid rate yes so what's beautiful for me is is that i have a platform where I can speak to the youth. Yeah. And I can speak to my peers and yeah. I can speak to the older generation. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Not only that, it's a beautiful thing that I can connect with POC. Yeah. So I have a platform and I have a voice yeah. and I'm not afraid to use it. That can change things. It can change things. Yeah. And maybe six seven years ago if you'd have said are you the person to do that i would have probably said fuck no i'm not the person to do that i'm definitely not the person to do that mm. but i believe now 
if you have a voice, you have to be a voice for the voiceless. And that's why I don't hesitate for times like this when I can tell my story and I can be that voice that says, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can make it. When five, six years ago, I was about to blow my head out with this Smith & Wesson. <laughs> You're just like, it's, I've, I've, I, during this chat, I've like wanted to burst into tears like five times. <laughs> just because your storytelling is so, yeah, we're there. Yeah. Okay, so to finish, we're doing our quick round um, where I ask you to finish my sentence. Okay. I relax by. Meditating. The person I love most in the world is. Me. If I could do it all again, I would. Not change a thing. Best thing I've bought recently is. My bell chimes. Best piece of advice I've been given has been. Celebrate yourself. My first thought in the morning usually is. I give thanks and I give gratitude for this life. Before I go to sleep, I. Give thanks and give gratitude for this life. When I'm feeling insecure, I... Realize how much work I've made and cultivated to get to the position that I am in today. If you really knew me, you would know. But I am pure love. <laughs> My heart is just broken. <laughs> um, how do we find you on social? And if you're in LA, how do we track you down for Tai Chi? Mm. Like... Give us so, all the deeds. <laughs> so I am. I have a website called veganboyfresh.com. Um, it is a site where you can see just a little bit of what about what I'm about. Um, I also have an Instagram account called HawksDao, H-A-K-S-T-A-O. And it's just my musings, my everyday... It's one of my favorite. That's a real, like, <laughs> I drive you to follow that. Um, and yeah, and if you really want to see me, I'm at the Line Hotel every Sunday at 11 a.m. I teach an all-inclusive um, uh, Tai Chi session from 11 to sometimes 12, 15, 12, 30, depending on how the groove is. Um, it is not traditional in the aspect I play really quiet Zen music. I play anywhere from Fela to Bob to, <laughs> I, I mean, everything. But the thing is, I don't discriminate any gender, any color, any creed. I accept with warm and open hearts. And then I also DJ with a group of boys. Um, we DJ at a place called Escala. Uh, we do a monthly residency there. So just look on the Instagram and you will find me. See there. See there, everyone. I'll be there. <laughs> Amazing. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. 
Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.